What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. If you got your good books with you, turn to Acts chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And that's A-C-T-S, not A-X. Does it have an E on it? I don't know. Acts chapter 2. Down in Texas, whenever I was a pastor at the Pecos County Cowboy Church in Fort Stockton, Texas, there was a guy that I met there. I didn't know him beforehand, and, and he, he got into Cowboy Church, and I mean, he wasn't a cowboy or anything, but you know, he, he held fast to those old, old-fashioned ideas that we stand for, stuff like courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, truth. He identified with all of that, and when he started going to Cowboy Church, we started having some ropings and, and ranch rodeos and stuff like that, and he wanted to get him a horse. He had one whenever he was a kid. But he got him a horse. And uh, so one Sunday, he come up there, and he's like, Hey, preacher. I was like, yeah. He said, you know that mare that that, that old fella give me? <laughs> Can you see where this is going? <laughs> Anybody ever had a horse given to them? Oh, he's a good pony. That kid horse, certified. Certifiable, man. You can, you can throw a kid up there. Throw a bobcat up there, and it'll be just fine. He said, you know that mare that that, that old guy give me? I said, yeah. He said, man. We kind of had a wreck. I said, what happened? I'm all about a wreck. You know, you talk to a cowboy about a wreck, he already starts smiling. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I said, what happened? And he said, uh, he said, well, my, my son Josh was riding him. And Josh was about 19 years old, and he's kind of a stocky kid. And I said, yeah. He said, well, Josh got out there, and I made him get on that mare first. And anyway, he was riding her, and uh, she tried to run him underneath a tree in the front yard. I was like, oh, my gosh, everything okay? And he said, well, he's he pretty tore up and, and sore and stuff like that. And I said, Dad, gum, did he just get, I said, did she pitch or anything? He said, no, no, did nothing like that. Just tried to run him under a tree. And I said, I mean, did she run away with him? He said, oh, no, she was just walking. And I said, uh, so she was, why, why didn't he turn her? He said, well, he just kind of got freaked out. And, you know, saw the tree coming, and so, and so he bailed off. And I said, well, how close to the tree was it? He said, oh, about 50, 60 feet. I said, let me see if I can get this straight. Josh was riding the horse. Yes. And the mare was going towards one of the trees. Yes. And 50 or 60 feet before the tree, he bailed off. Yes. At a dead walk. Yep, that pretty much says it. That, as funny as that may sound, guys, how often do we bail off of our relationship with God? We bail off at a dead walk. There's something that we think might hurt us. It might be scary, something like that. And way before we get there, as we're riding with God, we go, oh, I'm out of here. And we bail off. I was reading in Second First uh, Peter chapter three the other day, and it actually uh, at the Truth Project that we do on Sunday nights. There was a there was a verse that said this. It said, "Do these things so that your prayers will not be hindered." And I got to thinking. I thought, you know what? 
What does that imply? It implies that something may come between our prayers and God either answering those prayers or hearing those prayers or something like that. And so I got to thinking, what would cause, what would hinder our prayers? Starting today, I'm going to start a three-part series leading up to Easter about restoring your, the, the big fancy church word is fellowship with God. Because, you know, and I'm not saying that God's a horse, but I'm just trying to paint a picture for you that we're riding along and, and we're in fellowship with God. We give him the reins and it's God's power that takes us where we need to go and everything. And God wants to give us the desires of our heart. If we see a big, beautiful canyon over here that we want to take a look off in, you know, God will, well, he'll just go over that way and say, let me show you this. Let me show you what I made. God will give us the desires of our heart. But sometimes there might be a tree right there. The devil will put a tree, a big old scary monster tree, like, like out of a, some fairy tale or something like that. And a lot of times we'll just bail off. Or sometimes we're riding along and we go, I'd like to go look at that. And God says, you don't need that. Yeah, I think I do. So we'll bail off. Basically, there's only one thing that can hinder your prayers, that can break your fellowship with God, and that is sin. Well, sin is real easy, and, you know, if you've been here for any length of time, I am not one of these that's going to go bashing people about certain sins because sin in the Bible is just anything that takes you away from God. I mean, you know, there's the big sins that everybody talks about, you know, those 42 things that just came to mind. But I'm telling you that even if a, a plate of brownies could be a sin, if you can't put them down and you think more about brownies than you think about God. But how do we restore that relationship? How do we restore that fellowship? Does it feel sometimes like God is ignoring your prayers? Have you prayed about something and really asking for something and it just doesn't seem like he hears you or is answering you? Does it feel like he's a million miles away? Oh, sure, whenever we're talking with our friends, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to trust in God and everything. But deep down inside you, you're like, you know what? It's been a long time since I felt God's presence. How do we restore that relationship? Do you feel like God has broken his promises? I've felt like that before. How do we restore that fellowship? In the next three weeks, we're going to talk about three things that will get us back to riding with God. I'm going to go ahead and give you the three things. The three things are cut it out, fess up, and let it go. Now, that ain't the big fancy church words for that. Cut it out, fess fess up, and let it go. Today, we're going to talk about cut it out. All right? Now, the big fancy church word for cut it out is repentance. But a lot of people think that repentance just means that uh, you, you stop doing something. Well, it's more than that. It's more than just stopping a behavior. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 39, the, uh, the apostle Peter, he was a disciple, now he's an apostle, he preaches one of the greatest, if not the greatest, sermon that a preacher has ever preached besides Jesus himself. And it was at Pentecost, whenever God sent the Holy Spirit down, when he fulfilled his promise, when he said, I'm going to bring you a comforter. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Peter was preaching when that happened, and 3,000 men were saved. 
And if back then was any indication now 3,000 men were saved, that means 23,562 women were saved because they listen better than men do. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, 37 through 39. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The, this prom, uh, the promise is for you and your children and, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Repentance is usually thought of as a real church word for cut it out, but that's only half of it. Repentance is a two-step process of getting back to riding with God. It is one of the first things that introduces us to God whenever we first come to know him, but it's also sometimes needed for Christians that have gone away, that there's something that is hindering our prayers, something that we need to get back to. The first part of this is turn away from sin and turn to God. You see those two things? Turn away from sin, but you still got to turn to God. Just turning away from sin isn't good enough. Just turning away from sin isn't good enough because there's a lot of people out there, and you would be surprised at how often I say this, and if you have said it, I don't mean, I, I don't want you to think, oh, he's talking about me, because I used to say it. One of the scariest things that I ever heard my father say, and one day you're going to meet him. He's a living miracle, and I'm going to have him come up here one of these days. We just got to get Texas a little closer to Colorado. He told me, he said, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm a pretty good guy. Being a good guy doesn't, doesn't get you into heaven. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believing in him is what gets you to heaven. Just turning away from sin doesn't get you anywhere. You can be the most greatest morally good fella or girl or gal or lady that has ever walked the face of the earth. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it means nothing. You're just a pretty good morally person. Was that even English? Just turning away from sin isn't good enough. Living a morally correct life without God as the focus just makes you a goody two-shoes. And honestly, that is what has kept a lot of people away from God is, you know, they, they try to do good, they try to do good, they try to do good, they try to get rid of all their sin in their life, but they don't ever turn to God. And then they get frustrated. They're like, you know what, I'm not, my prayers aren't ever answered. I'm, I'm still having a hard time. I'm a good person and I'm still having a heck of a time. Turning away from sin is only half of the coin. Turning to God. Some people think that all you have to do is believe in God and then live how you want. How many times has Kevin Weatherby said, before I gave my life to God, how many times did I make this statement? Well, you know, I, 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 I believe in God, but everybody sins. That's what Jesus died for, right? Was to forgive our sins. Just Turning to God and believing in God isn't anything unless you turn from your sins also. So it's a two-step process. You've got to turn away from sin, but in turning away from sin, you have to turn to God. Okay, we'll see you later. How do we do that, right? 
I mean, it's real easy for a preacher to stand up here and go, you must turn from sin and turn to God. And everybody says, yeah. And then they think, how do you do that? Let's talk about it. How do you do that? Turn away from sin. You'll never be able to speak against sin if you're entertained by it. Think about that. You'll never be able to speak against sin if you're entertained by it. It is impossible for a man to be free from the habit of sin before he hates it. How often does a man secretly sin and loathe God for telling him to stop? Think about that for a second. Sin is attractive. You know, uh, a lot of people have this vision of the devil as this fanged, ugly, you know, forked tail and everything like that. The Bible says that, that Lucifer was the most beautiful angel. And sin looks beautiful. We'll look out there and, oh, i got to have that, whatever it is. If I don't do that, I'm going to explode. How often does a man secretly love sin and loathe God for telling him to stop when, in fact, we should love God and loathe sin? Repentance is about turning away from sin, but you can't turn away from sin unless you identify it and, and stop loving it and, stop, and start turning to God. If you want to get back to riding with God, you've got to start hating sin. Tell yourself that you hate it. Remind yourself that you hate it. And that's going to be tough because the sin that affects most of our lives, let me rephrase that, the sin that, that I have a hard time with, I think about it all the time. It's like a big white elephant in the room. It's like if I don't do that, then I'm going to explode. But we have to identify it and know that that is breaking our relationship with God. If we do that, then our prayers will be hindered. Start hating sin. And I'm not talking about other people's sins, folks. I can't stand it. There is no spiritual gift where God says, you don't worry about you, you just worry about everybody else's sin. Right? You worry about your sins, and your sins are going to be, you know, I may not have a problem with your sin, so it's no big deal. And you may not have a problem with the sin that I struggle with. Start hating sin. If you want to get back to riding with God, get away from things that trigger that sin. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, But remember that the temptation that has come into your life are no different than the, what others experience. It doesn't matter what it is. Everybody experiences temptation. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. That's a promise from God right there. He said, when you are tempted... This verse right here is one of the most misquoted verses in the entire Bible. And let me tell you why. Because a lot of people will say, well, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. That's not what that says. Sometimes, eh, strike that from the record, God will give you things that you can't handle. Because if you can handle them on your own, what do you need God for? Now, I'm not talking about sin right there. I'm talking about life experiences. God will grow you. He will give you things that you cannot handle so that you will have to rely upon him. But that what is misquoted is God will not any, allow any temptation to come upon you that he will not give you a way out of. 
God never shoves you in there with that big lion of a sin and then shuts the door and watches from the roof and goes, yeah, see if you can beat that, buddy. doesn't happen like that. God will not allow anything, no temptation, without another door that you can get out of. If you want to get back to riding with God, here's the, probably the hardest thing. And cowboys and cowgirls can identify with this. If you want to turn away from sin, you're going to fall down in the process. Don't give up. Get back up. Keep going. Because whenever you repent from your sins and you turn away from them, if you think that all you have to do is, I repent of my sins, and it's all good and well and nothing bad will ever happen again, that's foolish. We're going to start, we're going to turn away from sin and we're going to start walking and it's going to come up like a biting chihuahua. And it's going to get you and you're going to trip and fall down. And a lot of people just, well, I failed. I just might as well sit here. Nah, get back up. When you get bucked off, get back on. I had to tell my sister that yesterday. She was at the high school rodeo. Entered up and she was warming her horse up and it started acting like a barrel horse and have I ever showed y'all my, my imitation of a barrel horse? Her heel horse started acting like a barrel horse and it started running sideways and everything and she was trying to get it back going and she reached out there and she tried to cowboy up and bucked her off. Dad sent me a text. Got Allison at the emergency room. I think we broke her elbow. Get back on. I told her, I said, what hand, what arm is it? She goes, it's my left one. I said, loop the coils around it, get after it. Get back up. Don't let something stop you. When you're turning away from sin, you're going to get bucked off. You're going to fall. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you want to get back to riding with God, start hating sin. If you want to get back to riding with God, get away from those things, those triggers that cause you to Sin, if you want to get back to riding with God, never give up. Don't give up. That's how we turn away from sin. And and that's not the only way. I mean, if you you want to know the real way, I mean, all of it, you're going to have to get your Bible and read it. There's a lot of stuff in there. It'll help you. Okay? I mean, I've only got like 20 minutes to try to say some things. How do we turn to God, though? Okay, so so we've identified a couple of ways of turning away from sin, but how do we get back to God? There's only one thing that cannot be accomplished when our, our eyes are set upon the Lord. Think about this for a second. There's only one thing that cannot be accomplished if you've got your eyes set upon God. You know what it is? Sin. Think about Peter whenever he climbed out of the boat. There's a raging storm going out there. That old, that old uh, boat was a bucking and a pitching and a farting, and they all think they're going to die. Here comes Jesus, walking on water. And they all think he's a spook or a ghost or something. They holler out, is that you, Jesus? He said, yep, it's me. Peter says, if it's really you, call out to me, and I'll come out there to you. Jesus said, well, come on then, big mouth. And he's walking. He's walking on water. And then he starts looking at the waves. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What happened? When did he start to sink? When he took his eyes off of God. There's only one thing that you cannot accomplish while you keep your eyes on the Lord. 
And that's sin. But remember, when you've got your eyes upon God, sin can happen in the blink of an eye. You blink, and our sorry, sinful selves can be right back to it. I wish. You've got to constantly gaze upon God. If you want to get back to riding with God, if you need to turn to God, I suggest three ways. It's a three-legged stool. What happens on a three-legged stool if one of the legs are missing? You better have pretty good balance, cowboy. What happens if two legs are missing? (laughs) You better be an acrobat. The three-legged stool. If you want to get back to riding with God, the first leg is prayer. No relationship can grow without communication. And prayer is when we talk to God. The second thing, if you want to get back to riding with God, if you're trying to turn to God, the second leg is reading the Bible. No relationship can grow without communication. Reading is God speaking to you. The Bible says that uh, the Bible is the inspired word of God. If you have a hard time saying, well, God never speaks to me, that's because you're not reading your Bible. Because when you open up that good book and you start reading those words, that is God talking to you. Not talking to somebody else. He's talking to you. He's God. He can do that. Prayer is when you talk to God. Reading your Bible is when God talks to you. And the third thing, if you want to get back to riding with God, is do what you're doing right now. Go to church. Go to church. Church is where God uses you to speak to others and where God uses others to speak to you. When we take a look around here and we see some people and we go, man, I didn't know he was a Christian. I didn't know that he wanted to follow God like I did. I didn't think that she was. But how awesome is that? To get together with a group of cowboys and cowgirls that feel the same way as you do. Real men and women are back. Look around. These people sitting next to you are going through the same things that you are. You're not alone. This man talking to you right now, I'm going through the same things that you're going through. I lost my job this week. I'm laid off as of April 15th. A lot of you have been laid off. Being a preacher don't exempt you from any of that. I'm going to put my faith in God. And God's just going to use this. I'm going to go full-time with Save the Cowboy. I'm going to talk to as many cowboys and cowgirls about Jesus Christ as I can, and I ain't going to worry about that other stuff. God said he'd take care of me. I'm going to let him. You're not in this alone. I do good one day, and the next day, I stink. I mess up. Same as you do. The guy sitting behind you, the girl sitting in front of you, they're going through the same things as you are. I'm here with you because I desire a relationship with God, and no longer am I going to be satisfied with being anything less than the man that God called me to be, same as you should be. Does it feel like God ignores your prayers? Turn away from sin and turn to God. It's called repentance. Does it feel like he is always a million miles away? Turn away from sin and turn to God. Does it feel like God has broken his promises with you? Turn away from sin and turn to God. And we're going to end with this right here. You have to become a teacher 
and your own heart has to become your student. You have to work with your heart to make it easier for you to turn and draw near to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these cowboys and cowgirls. And I, that thing that they're struggling with, Lord, help them to repent. It's a long road back to riding with you for some that have been away for so long. But Lord, give them the guts to never give up. To read their Bibles. To put their eyes upon you. But Lord, most importantly, I invite that person right now that is here. Maybe they've been here for a year. Maybe it's their first time to come to know you and say, God, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of living my life like I would have it lived. I want to live for you from now on. Help me to be the man that you have called me to be, to do the things that you would have me do, to say the things that you would have me say, and go where you would have me go. Believe in you, that you died so that I could do those things. Lord, we just thank you for this baptism that we're fixing to to do. And Lord, we pray all these things in your most heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for riding with us today. Our prayer is that God reached out and touched your heart and your guts. This is Kevin Weatherby again, and I'd like to invite you to attend one of our cowboy services in person. You just saddle up and ride on down to Kiowa, Colorado, and out to the Elbert County Fairgrounds every Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, you can mosey on by www.savethecowboy.com. We hope to see you real soon. Save the Cowboy is brought to you by Barry Ward at barrywardmusic.com. Tumbleweed Hay, you can reach them at 303-324-8217. Western LLC, 303-407-3995. And the fine folks at Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. Hey, we want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't matter if you have a cowboy story, a testimony, or even a prayer request. Y'all just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on the Contact Us page and we'll get right back to you. Until next time, this is Pastor Kevin Weatherby. We'll see you again real soon.